What up and welcome to Or Whatever Movies. I am your co-host Iris and I'm here with my older brother. Wesley. And today we are discussing Max original film streaming exclusively on HBO Max, An American Pickle. Did you know there is actually a movie called The Pickle? Not to be confused with the movie called The Pickle. What's The Pickle about? Danny Aiello, who recently passed away, and it's about a flying pickle, I think. Are all pickle movies completely ridiculous? Yep. Was this movie completely ridiculous? Because I heard the title and was like, uh. And then I heard Seth Rogen and I was like, okay. And I saw the trailer and I was like, uh. And I could not imagine how they could possibly sustain this premise. It's like they got the title and they were like, dude, an American pickle. And they're like, we got to write that. And they were stoned. And I was waiting for the scene where Ben gets Herschel stoned. And he's like, what is this? magical shrub and they smoke it and then he like laughs and then he does uh, a Schlorpsky dance or wherever he was from right that was an inevitable Seth Rogen comedy it's the only Seth Rogen movie that he's produced or starred in in recent memory that has been rated PG-13 and it did feel a little thin like that I'm not sure what your <laughs> I'm not sure what your question was that was <laughs> An interesting jumbled introduction to American Pickle. If the question was, was this movie ridiculous? Yes, this movie was as ridiculous as its explanation for how Herschel is preserved in pickle brine for 100 years. Right. Must have been a tough sell. And Seth Rogen did say that this movie took several years to get off the ground. And understandably so. But unlike the explanation for how Herschel is preserved in brine for 100 years, the movie is not so ridiculous that it's beyond reproach. Are you talking thematically? No, I'm talking story-wise. I actually thought it was kind of clever how easily and quickly they dispatched of the implausibility of him being brined and pickled for 100 years. It didn't really matter, and they made no attempt to make it matter. Well, the implausibility was consistent. The idea of the pickling, of course, was absurd, and you can't get away from that. Right. The idea, the premise can be implausible, but it has to work on a human level. Yeah. But before we get to that, equally implausible was Herschel not going insane in the modern era. And then Herschel ultimately, as Ben sabotaged him, subverting that and tricking modern people into deporting Ben back to Schlorpsky. Where was he from? So I don't keep saying Schlorpsky. 
<laughs> is this a real place? Scoop, scoopska, scoopska. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> the, you know, obviously this movie had some implausibility and the fact that Herschel dedicated his entire enterprise to bringing down the Cossack billboard so that the sun would shine on his wife's grave was pretty thin. <laughs> well, yeah, what you're highlighting for me, what I think you're getting at is, like I was saying, this movie is not reproachful because of its ridiculousness. It's reproachful because of its sheer insignificance. The themes are pretty thin. I mean, they're there. It's a return to faith movie for the Ben character. It's it's a commentary on freedom of speech and government officials. And capitalism. And capitalism, sure. It's a capitalistic farce. Social media and influence culture. Yeah, but all of that is very thin. So what works, because when it comes to those implausible themes, and, you know, he becomes a, a pickle baron or a pickle tycoon, and Ben does his stupid app. But Boop Bop was all about his family. I get it, and, and that was a very late-stage revelation. But then I begin to look at the skill in filmmaking, the immersive, his original story in 1919 with Sarah and the acting and it seems absurd on the surface to go into those details or to make those examinations of a Seth Rogen movie. But how did you feel those went? What did I think about Seth Rogen's acting? The premise was absolutely ridiculous, and yet it was told so well, thematically, stylistically, that I was carried along. So, I mean, you typically have a really hard time when things are impossible or when people react in a way that they wouldn't in real life. But it sounds like you were able to suspend your disbelief in this film because of how it was maybe consistently, implausibly played out. Well, you know my problem with those kinds of movies, but you also know that I love time travel movies. And when it's obviously a comedy, Back to the Future, I wouldn't typify as specifically a comedy. But this movie very much wanted to be a comedy. That's how we needed to view it, that we have to sit back and relax and try to go on this pickle journey. Obviously ridiculous, but we were supposed to believe that character speaking in in Schlopnik or whatever he was speaking and then transitioning. So I guess what I'm slowly getting around to is we have to be invested in these people emotionally as human characters. And I was shocked to find that I was thoroughly invested in the Herschel character. Not as much in the Ben character, because he's contemporary and guarded and offhand dismissive. But, you know, this, so this movie was obviously a logistical nightmare to film, but they filmed it top to bottom as Herschel and then went back and filmed it for the Ben character and stitched together and going into it, knowing what kind of farce this movie was intended to be, I went in with a huge degree of skepticism. This is going to be dumb. I'm typically not receptive to comedies. And he played Herschel so unfailingly earnestly that I couldn't help but be caught up. There was not a smirk on a Herschel's face. He was placed in implausible situations, certainly later on, but there were no silly dance numbers. There was nothing which suggested that this person didn't deserve the respect that he had towards everyone else, at least conceptually. And I really liked him. Ben was pretty earnest, too. 
It's silly to say that they should be regarded as two separate characters, both being so obviously Seth Rogen, but I really liked it. I really liked the Herschel character. I was pulled along by him in the implausible situations because he never played Herschel for laughs, even though he got him. It was the strangest alchemy to bring that silly premise through to an effective story. I am so speechless right now. And then, unfortunately, as we get more into Ben's and thus Seth Rogen's world... Are you just messing with me? No, dude. And then, of course, he has his journey through capitalism. But save for that approach in the movie, there was really no angling or no convincing in a comedic sense that Seth Rogen was really pushing to be likable as the Herschel character. He just was. <laughs> You're like totally one of those fanboy believers in the movie. Yeah. The Herschel character was played so straight, obviously he was going to come to clash with modern conventions. And that's where it slowly began to fall apart. And then the muddiness of Ben eventually having to go back to Schlorpska, where he had never been, and Herschel's redemption being simply to show up and make up with him. And then to come back and stand over Sarah's grave in the sunshine, unobscured, by a Cossack billboard. But yes, the movie did fall apart at the end. I guess Ben was supposed to find his humanity again and his filial connection to the old world and where his his ancestor came from and helped him reconnect with the idea of his parents, who he had kind of brushed under the rug because he had suppressed his faith. Sure, um, Herschel didn't really have that much of an arc. He found his place and still maintained his loyalty to Sarah and her memory. Uh, pretty brutal that he got pickled and we never heard from Sarah again, save through photographs and the legacy of her offspring. But uh, when the Herschel character came around again, kind of rescues Ben and brings him back, not sure how, as strangely difficult as it was to break into Canada... Maybe it was easy to get someone who was deported back into America. But watching Seth Rogen, who absurdly was a really good actor in this movie. He was so sweet, so earnest, not only as Ben, but in moments as Herschel. There were a couple faltering moments, which I won't bother to point out, but the accent was consistent. His mannerism, uh, when played against who Seth Rogen very obviously is in the Ben character, where he didn't have to push very hard for a role, just demonstrated what a capable person he was, because it could have very easily descended into frat boy, dude bro, comedic sensibilities. He kept this one pretty grounded, played it pretty close to the chest. Well, how and... else can you do it with such a ridiculous premise? Right. But still, I could not have conceived how this premise was going to work. And I was bracing for a really bad review for an obviously silly movie. Didn't care. All I cared about was watching Herschel be awesome and bearded and funny in, in a way that I didn't expect. It sounds like an American pickle surprised you, but it's not surprising to go into a Seth Rogen experience and be totally delighted. I mean, he's got a great track record with Superbad. This is the end. I mean, I even liked Sausage Party, for God's sake. Not, not to mention The Boys, which he's not in, but he produces. I feel like he he doesn't take himself too seriously, but he consistently surprises and delights. And I was surprised, and I was delighted, maybe even though I shouldn't have been because he has a consistent track record. That said, when you say Seth Rogen, you don't necessarily just think earnestness 
and respectability and honor and loyalty. I was watching Kelly's face pretty closely and she was smiling for a lot of the early stuff. When it came to Herschel's turn and when people turned against him, she had a harder time. His old world mentality and values came out. Uh, she had a problem with the fact that he was disparaging, maybe even misogynistic, disparaging of women. Was she pissed that he dissed on Mary? Because apparently uh, on, you can you can diss on everybody, but you can't diss on Mary. Yeah, that was the point. When he was saying that women have to be subservient, then still he had an audience that was clapping for him. And then the moment he brings up Christianity and prayer in school, they all turn on him. And so I guess you can be misogynistic, but you can't go against Christianity and prayer. Yeah. Well, specifically, you can't call Jesus' mother a prostitute. I don't even want to touch that discussion. But so then a little bit of the dude bro Seth Rogen comedy came out, in, at least in his off-kilter, off-color kind of antics, because he's no stranger to saying controversial things. And I mean, he's responsible for the interview. Oh, and definitely man. he's part of the, the new Brat Pack that brought you things like Pineapple Express and This is the End. And movies like that. So Seth Rogen commentary exists and it may be, you know, I don't think he's blind to it because obviously Herschel was innocent in his pure, honest forthrightness, but that just doesn't fly today. Seth Rogen is aware of that. I don't think he agrees with some of those positions, but nevertheless, they came out of Herschel's mouth and that was difficult for Kelly. Yeah. You could be pure and of 1919, but it's still racist to say that Polacks are dumb, right? <laughs> It's so absurdly racist and dumb, especially coming from Herschel, that he almost, can't believe I'm saying it, gets a pass. I, as far, I don't know any Polacks specifically. I'm sure they're lovely people. Obviously, this movie, I took seriously in some ways, not in other ways, even slightly. I just think that the seriousness and the earnestness of the Herschel character did so much in bringing out what could have otherwise, as you said, been a disastrously unfunny movie. I thought it was actually funny. Where did it fall apart? I have a theory where it falls apart, but where did it fall apart for you? It fell apart as soon as it became a cat fight between the two of them. I didn't want to see the Herschel character be conniving or mean. Ben was so laid back and relaxed that him setting out to sabotage Herschel seemed strange to me, and the movie took a turn that I didn't care about or necessarily want. I wanted that earnestness to carry through. Ben's earnestness. Well, both. I really wanted both of them to remain pure enough so that this silly, simple premise, which became a little bit more complicated, would have kept me laughing and charmed throughout. That stuff definitely wasn't charming, but I can still love the person through the trials. I was inexplicably emotional when Herschel meets Ben for the first time. And when they returned to Ben's apartment, Ben was so gentle and earnest and sweet. And then turned so quickly on Herschel. I understand that that was necessary for the story to get its emotion, but it never felt quite right to me. And I think for me, the movie fell apart at pretty much the same place it did for you, which is when Herschel punches Ben. Yeah. When, when Herschel punches Ben, he does it because he feels betrayed. And he's and he goes so far as to say, you're not a Jew. You're not you're not in my family, <laughs> which is like the most insulting thing that he could possibly uh. say. But then he betrays him 
like he's accusing Ben of betraying him, right? He takes on the same vindictive, conniving, you know, strategic approach to reprimanding Ben. It's all or nothing with Herschel. You're either with him and you're a good Jew or he's going to do violence. (laughs) But then after that, I feel like the filmmakers, you know, the story kind of fell apart and then the filmmakers kind of didn't really care. Like they didn't even care or bother to explain how Ben could possibly pass as Herschel or how... How Ben never even opened his mouth to be able to explain to anyone who would listen how well entrenched he was in his New York life. And you put the two of them together, there's no way Herschel could withstand that level of scrutiny, right? Of course not. They don't explain how he gets deported. They don't explain how they are able to come back into the States. It was like at that point, they were just riding the momentum of suspension of disbelief and let's get this movie wrapped up. If there was a way to satisfactorily and universally wrap up an American pickle in a way that would make everyone happy, it is beyond my creative ability to conceive of that. Because they dug themselves in, into a Schlopska ditch? <laughs> yeah, with a wooden shovel. <laughs> multiple ones. What's it called? Slopsky? I don't know. Schlopska? Yeah, that's closer. <laughs> that's closer? <laughs> It's a fictional country. There's no one to offend. God, I hope so. <laughs> so I was really prepared. I was preparing myself for a totally review. And then the movie fell apart on me. And I was like, oh, well, I still like the Herschel character. And, and you can't ruin him for me because he is not of this time anyway. So from me, an American pickle definitely gets an all right rating. Really, really liked the Herschel character and the Ben character. And I guess Seth Rogen. They made a super silly movie come to life for me in a way that I smiled and laughed and was propelled comedically through this dumb movie. I don't know about you, but I need a seltzer water because I am nauseous with confusion and surprise over your rating for An American Pickle. An American Pickle is a boring movie. The fact that American Pickle is so ridiculous is not its problem. The fact that an American Pickle is so insignificant, it did not mean anything. It was pure. If you think this movie was pure, it was pure in the sense that it was a diversion and passage of time. I cared enough about that character to to carry me through all the implausible antics of the commentary on commerce as being simple and honest and and culture that's strangely fluid and fickle and how you need all these angles. Even if you're a dedicated, honest, forthright businessman, you still need these social media angles, right? And how cancel culture is a slippery slope, how it's going to turn on you. And when it turns, you know, for everything that you had preached as being your virtues, they when it, when it turns on you, all that stuff comes back to bite you. Um, you know, the, the Herschel's character stood, I guess, as good a chance in our world today of being a success as Ben did in selling his stupid app. First you're nobody and then you're filthy rich and a social media presence and mainstay until it all goes wrong. So basically, an American pickle is the shocker of the century, an all right from Wes, a boring from Iris. I did not see that one coming. Give us a call, send us an email, 818-835-0473 or whatevermovies at gmail.com. We'd love to know what you think. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Electric.
Podcast. Welcome to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing, where we harmonise your mind, body, and soul. I'm Amanda, your sound therapy expert. And I'm Stephen, the curious explorer uncovering the mysteries of sound. Together, we explore vibrations, frequencies, and the power of sound therapy and tuning forks. Discover ancient wisdom, reduce stress, and tune into a healthier life. Subscribe to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing today. Have you ever wondered what actually happens in Congress every day? Stay informed on Capitol Hill's daily happenings with a concise, factual summary of the Senate and House of Representatives activities from the previous session, free from bias, on the Congressional Record Daily Digest podcast. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and discover the process from the heart of U.S. politics. The Congressional Record Daily Digest, an Electric Cast production. Electric Cast.